Hello, everybody. This week's parish is parish of Bahar Bukhukesai, and the parish begins with the mitzvah of Shemitah, the Klairishal is commanded to let the land rest for an entire year, every seventh year. And then the Torah tells us that after seven cycles of Shemitah, we have the mitzvah of Yevil, a higher level of Shemitah, so to speak, an extra year of not working the land, sending back all the, all the slaves, and to give back all the lands that, that were, you know, the, the Eretz Achuzah, which is the inheritance rights to people, an entire reset of the, whole, of the whole country. Now, what's interesting, though, is that Shemitah is something which is relevant even nowadays. Even though a majority of the Jewish people is not living in Eretz Yisrael, any Jew who lives in Eretz Yisrael nowadays, who owns a piece of land, there's still a mitzvah to let it rest every seventh year. The Yevil, however, the Torah tells us, is only relevant when the majority of the Jews are living in Eretz Yisrael. When the Jewish nation, so to speak, as a whole, is back in Eretz Yisrael, then the mitzvah of Yevil is relevant, Whereas now, unfortunately, we do not have the mitzvah of Yevil. And the question is, why this distinction? Why is it that Shemitah is relevant even nowadays on any individual Jew living in Eretz Yisrael, whereas Yevil is dependent on the collective nation of Klai Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael? So, in order to understand this, you have to say, you have to clarify three things. Number one, what makes a person able to do a mitzvah, what gives a person the ability to do a mitzvah, what makes a person sometimes have a difficulty doing a mitzvah, a lot of times depends on the madriga, the level of holiness a person is on. For example, if a person stays up a whole Matzah Shabbos watching stupid movies, then on Sunday mornings he finds it sometimes very difficult to come to Shachar's because it's not that the Shachar's changed. The Shachar's the same as it was last week, but he has sunk in into certain levels, and now Davening is less inspirational, the Chazan is more annoying, but really the thing that's changing is the Tumah inside him has dragged him down. And vice versa, if a person learns for a half hour before chakras, a lot of times he finds that the chakras is more inspirational, he connects to it more, because the Kedusha inside him has grown, and now his neshama is more engaged, and his body is more in tune with his neshama, and he has an easier time doing the mitzvahs. That's step one. Step two, we have to recognize that Yevil and Shemitah are extremely difficult mitzvahs. Zaman Tzeruskin says that when he was the Rav in Slutsk and other places, Right, part of his job as a Rav was to go to the Jewish storekeepers on Friday afternoons and sometimes close to sundown on Friday and push them and convince them to try to close their stores for Shabbos. A lot of people, you know, they weren't necessarily so so inspired by Yiddish guy. And unfortunately, people gave him a lot of pushback. They wanted to keep their stores open on Shabbos. And he says, can you imagine having to convince people, like we see nowadays, to try to convince farmers in Eretz Yisrael? It's very difficult. It's a big ask. A guy has to literally close up shop for an entire year and just trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that his... Everything he needs will be taken care of for the coming year. It's an extremely difficult thing. Now, Yevil is more than that. First of all, Yevil is the second year. You spent an entire 49th year not working your land, and now we're asking you to do it again for another year. But besides that, it's more than that. Yevil requires to send back all the evidences, to send back the land. If you bought a land from somebody and it was his inheritance, he has to go back to him. You have to start from scratch. There's a lot of aspects of Yevil which really require a person to let go and to say, look, Akash Baruch I don't know how this is going to happen, but you're going to make it work. You told me to do this. And number three, says Zaman Ruskin, there's another thing we have to understand, which is that a lot of times things that separately are on one level of Kedusha, when you combine them, they're higher. For example, a person is withholding his tefillin in his backpack or in his suitcase, right? And he has to go to the bathroom in the airport or whatever it may be. So ideally, you put it in the double bag, and you keep it, you know, protected, so to speak, in double wrapping. But let's say a person doesn't have it. Still, we allow a person to take his tefillin into the bathroom to keep his tefillin safe, you know, from, from being stolen. However, however, a person, 
wearing his tefillin is not allowed to go to the bathroom. Okay, now what's the difference? The person is the same person, the tefillin is the same tefillin. Says the Shalom Shalom, the difference is very, is very simple. You see, a yid is Kaddish and a tefillin are Kaddish. But when you put the two together, it's a whole different level of magnitude. Now you have a yid wearing tefillin, and that's something much, much higher. Okay, so now let's take these three components and put them all together. Okay, we have a mitzvah of Shemitah. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. And we see that Kalei Yisrael, unfortunately, still struggles with it and many other mitzvahs like that. However, when you take a Yid and you put him in Eretz Yisrael, there's two beautiful Kedushas. There's the Yid who's holy, there's Eretz Yisrael that's holy, and those things are going to help the Yid overcome the struggle and the Nisayan of the mitzvah, and he'll do it and he'll be able to succeed. And that's why Kodesh Baruch Hu can ask any Yid who's living in Eretz Yisrael to fulfill the mitzvah of Shemitah because he has that ability, he's at a higher level, he has that Kedusha of the Aretz, Kedusha of the Yid, and he'll be able to do it. However, the mitzvah of Yoival is so difficult, says Rizaman Zeratzkin, that it takes the combination of the entire Klai Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael, which brings out such a level of Kedusha because you have the Klai Yisrael together, living in Eretz Yisrael, you have that combo, then everyone goes to such a level of Madrega, of, of Kedusha, and they can be asked and demanded to keep Yevil at higher level. And that's why Yevil is only relevant and only being demanded of Klai Yisrael once the nation as a whole is living in Eretz Yisrael, once they're on that high Madrega of Klai Yisrael unified in Eretz Yisrael, then Akash Baruch can demand that they act on that level of Muna Betachan. But I think for ourselves, it's a very important message over here, is obviously besides for understanding <coughs> the, the importance of living Eretz Yisrael, and the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and the Kedusha of Eid, but number two is that to recognize this idea that everything Akash Baruch asks of us, it's only difficult if we're sunk in Tumah. The higher we are in our Madriga, the higher we work on, our, on elevating our Kedusha, the more and easy the mitzvahs become. Later on in the parsha, the parsha tells us that you have a non-Jew who's living in Eretz Yisrael. He's a Gerutoshev. He keeps the seven Noahide laws, and he becomes very wealthy. And the Jew, meanwhile, becomes poor, and the Gerutoshev acquires the Jew. And Torah tells us the laws of how to try to redeem the Jew from his hands of his non-Jew. So Rashi tells us the measures. What's what's this connection between the Gerutoshev and the Jew becoming poor? Says Rashi, because you know what caused this Ger, this non-Jew, to become rich and prosper? Because he's hanging out with the Jews. And you know what caused this Jew to go down in his assets and become poor and need to be sold into slavery, says Rashi? Because he's hanging out with the non-Jew. Now, that's the Medrash. Now, in Tziv, in Sefer HaMakdavar, he asked the question that seemingly, you know, which one is it, right? We have the non-Jew is getting richer. And the Jew is getting poorer from being together. So how does it work? So he explains as follows. He says, why is a non-Jew getting richer by hanging out with the Jews? Which particular mitzvah and good thing did he learn from the Jews? He says, well, Jews are famous for being very, very kind. For having rachmanus, for being merciful, and for always doing kindness and helping other people. And the non-Jew, when he's in the Jewish neighborhood, he starts to learn about gemachs and chesed and charity events. And he begins to become more of a rachman. And the reality is, says the Netziv, that when a person is kind to other people, call HaMarachim Labrius, anybody who's nice to people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, we're going to be Marachim on you, we're going to be nice to you from Shemayim. And that's why this non-Jew began to prosper. Because he was nice to people around him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu started giving him, in return, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him Parnas as well, and made God our rich. Okay, says the Netziv. But how does that work for the Jew? You see, the Jew, he may have learned from the non-Jew to start, you know, maybe not being so careful with what he eats, 
maybe not being so careful what he looks at, not being so careful what he listens to. He may have done a lot of Averis from the non-Jew, but why do his assets shrink? Seemingly, he's having a good effect on the non-Jew. He's making him more of a Moroccan. He's making him more of a good person. So why is his, why is a Jew's assets shrinking? So the Siv says, the Siv says a very, very fundamental point, which is like this. He says that we know that in life, right, there's different levels in this world. You have animals, you have people, you have rocks, you have trees. He says, now, let's take an animal versus a person for a second. Obviously, a person is in a higher level. A person has a, has a mind, he has a seichel, he has a neshama, and a person is much more advanced than the animal. However, however, if, God forbid, a person loses his seichel, for example, a person who has severe dementia, God forbid, or even a child when he's born and the child's mind is not developed, at that point, he's actually worse off than the animal. He's not equal to the animal. He doesn't go down one notch. He goes down more than that. Because what happens is that when a person has a myla, a specific attribute which makes him better, when he loses that, he goes down all the way to the bottom. And that's why a person, God forbid, who doesn't have his mind, he doesn't have the level of an animal which has instincts and has you know, certain natural reactions to, to keep itself out of danger. A person actually can harm himself and get into much worse ways. Says in Tziv, a non-Jew who learns to be kind and nice, because that's what everyone else around him is doing, he's fine. He's going to be great, and his chesed is going to be good, and he's going to get schar for that chesed, because he's doing good, normal chesed. But a Jew, a Jew has a higher madrega. A Jew is given a neshama, it's connected to Kisei HaKavit. A Jew is given a mind that's supposed to connect to Torah and connect to Ruchnias. And a Jew's chesed has to come through his Mila. It has to come through his connection to Torah and Kadesh Baruch When a Jew severs that, when he learns from a non-Jew to just do chesed because it's a social norm and to be nice to everyone, he starts to have perverted chesed and messing up his chesed. And he can't even do the same chesed as a non-Jew, which unfortunately we see very much in the world around us, that when Jews are detached from their Mila, from their connection to Kadesh Baruch and Torah, they don't do normal chesed like everyone else does, like a Goyim do. The Christians are doing normal chesed, and the, and the, and the non-firm Jew, unfortunately, is doing perverted chesed, because he's sunk lower. And that's a very, very, very important thing for us to remember always, is that there's no life without being connected to Torah. A Jew's can, essence, his maila, who he is, is defined by his connection to Torah, and if he severs that, if he doesn't connect to it, he ends up all the way lower down, far worse than the non-Jew. In Parshish B'chukaisai, Parshish begins with the words, in B'chukaisai Tilechu, if you will go in my chukim, my laws. And Rashi asks the obvious question, why is this the expression of going? And Rashi explains that it's referring to the idea that besides for learning Torah and for knowing Hashem's Torah, there's an obligation for a person to be amel, to toil, and to push himself to learn Torah. It's not enough to simply just know it, you have to engage in it, and you have to invest in it and push yourself in it. Well, there's an interesting Ruachayim, and in the Parakinyan Yatera, he's talking about the different attributes a person has to have to accept a Torah and to, to acquire a Torah. And he says, on the Midah of Kabbalah's Hayusurim, of accepting Yusurim difficulties, troubles. And he says like this, he says that we understand that a person, every person, unfortunately, you know, messes up. Every person does, you know, he does Averis once in a while. And everybody, unfortunately, has to have their share of, Kapara has to have their, their share of atonement and things that are going to cause him troubles to get that atonement. He says, though, that there's a, a very, very good, so to speak, loophole a person has to be aware of. You see, when a person pushes himself to learn Torah, a person wakes up early in the morning, and he's tired, and he rips himself out of bed, 
and it's not comfortable, and he is tired, but he pushes himself past it. Or a person staying up late at night to learn Torah, and he's tired, and he wants to just rest and veg out on the couch, and instead he pushes himself to learn Torah. Or if the learning itself is difficult, it's hard to understand, it's not super exciting and engaging, and he pushes himself to focus and to try to understand it and to get it clear. When a person exerts himself like that, says the Ruach Haim, he can now double dip. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will count that exertion, that frustration, and that effort he had to put, that will count for him as his Yisurim. It will give him the atonement as if he suffered something else, God forbid. And he'll get the schar, he'll get the reward for pushing himself to learn Torah and all the benefits a person gets for Amelis Batayra itself. So he says basically it's a win-win. If a person can choose to avoid having Yisurim and he can get the schar from Amelis why not do that? Let's push ourselves to learn and then we'll get exempt from everything else. And I'll tell you the truth, I, you know, I actually unfortunately happen to have seen this in real time myself. Um, over Benazmanim, after Pesach, my kailal in the afternoons didn't start yet. We had a week off, and I figured I'll get all my errands done. Then I'll try to get some time, do some downtime, and relax. And that week, I'm telling you, more things happened to me than ever before. My car battery died, then I got a flat tire, then I had an issue with my back. Every single day was a new story. I told my wife, I'm telling you, Hashem's telling me, you can either pay it one way or the other. Either you're going to be learning and pushing yourself to learn even though you're tired, or you're going to be dealing with headaches. And I always say it's something which is such an easy win. It's such an easy way to get worth it. It's, 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 it's a waste not to take advantage of it. Just want to end off with one last thought. Towards the end of the parish, we're given the mitzvah of Meister Behema, of taking off a tent every time a person has a flock or a herd of animals. Every year there's new, you know, new, new, new animals are born. And a person has to take off one, every tenth animal is taken off. And the person has to take that animal and, and, and slaughter it and eat it, the meat in the base of Mikdash in Yushalayim. And the Chinuch on this mitzvah says, the idea behind this obligation to take food and eat in Yushalayim, we find the same thing with Maish Hashani, and that to revive that there's halacha that you can keep it for yourself, you're not giving it away to the, to, to, to the Livium, to, to, the, to the poor people, you're eating yourself, but you have to make sure to eat it in Yushalayim. He explains the idea behind it as follows, because he says, obviously the average person and most people are going to spend most of their day engaged in regular mundane all, you know, everyday life. But there's going to be people in Yerushalayim, the people like Kehanim, these people are going to be people who are going to be focused on Avaitis Hashem, on serving Hashem, and getting closer to Hashem, and Torah, and Yira. And every person has to take time to connect himself to that. So Akash Baruch says here, you're going to have 10% of your assets, you're going to have to use them and eat them in Yerushalayim. So a guy's going to make sure to go and spend time there on Sukkot, spend time there on Pesach, on Shavuos, and other times, so he can be there in Yerushalayim to eat his Maiser Shani, to eat his Maiser Behema. And when he's hanging out in Yerushalayim using those foods, he's going to be stuck there, and he's going to spend time, whether it's in Kail, schmoozing with people and learning, getting a connection to people, and he's going to slowly grow and have that connection to Yiddishkeit, and connection to Ruchnius. And he says, even if a person himself doesn't have enough time to use all his Maiser Shani himself, or to use all his mice to himself. What he's going to do is, is someone in his family, every family's going to have one guy or two people who they're going to support with all their mice or and he's going to be the one using that and eating that on their behalf in Yerushalayim. And then what's going to happen is that every family's going to have somebody who's going to be there to inspire them on a personal level. Because see, what happens is, if let's say everybody stays everywhere else in Eretz Yisrael, and there's just a bunch of holy people in Yerushalayim, then it doesn't trickle down to anybody else. Everybody has to have a personal connection to somebody who's engaged in Rukhines and Yiddishkeit, and that drags everyone up as a whole. 
And that says the Chinuch is the idea that Kadosh Baruch Hu came up with, so to speak. That Kadosh Baruch Hu is telling us with the idea of Meisav Heim or Meisav Sheni, which is that this way every single person in Klai will be forced to have some connection to somebody who's willing to dedicate himself to Ruchnius overall. And I think it's a good point for all of us to think about is that we have to find somebody in our lives who we can constantly be rubbing shoulders with who's going to inspire us, who's going to make us closer. I know that I myself, I learned in the mornings in the Chicago community Kill, and there's Kill there of David Zucker. He's a he's Adam Gadol, and the fact that I'm there in the mornings means that if I see him the whole way, I can ask him a shayla, I can watch him learning, and it just it just makes it easier because I'm around him, I see him, and that makes it natural. You know, it gives me a natural opportunity to to grow and to get inspired by him. And so too, anybody else around you, every person has to make sure to try to rub shoulders and to spend some time with people who can inspire them. And then hopefully we can all continue to grow. We should all have a wonderful Shabbos. And obviously all of our tefillahs, and we should keep davening that the youth in Israel should have Shalom, Shava. Everything should go calm down. Everything should be well. Everyone should be kept safe. And all of the Reitzchim should be taken care of. And a good work should be Shemar Amin Have a wonderful Shabbos.